Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 5-0 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the host of the show, and today I am joined by, of course... Ed, our producer slash board op, who patiently deals with us every week. Thank you so much for all you do, Ed. And normally when I introduce a guest, I say, hey, this person and I have been friends or known each other five years. I got a lot of history with this guy. Today's guest is Arnie Rothschild, or dad, I like to call him. Well, we got about 50 years of history together. Thanks for being here. It's my pleasure, Jim. So I have really good memories of, well, obviously, um, in law enforcement, but I have great memories of growing up around radio stations, and clearly the technology, the modes, everything has changed, except the people in radio seem to be incredibly dedicated to their craft, and, and watching you and Ed and Aaron at the front, everybody seems to, it's a big world, but it isn't. They all seem to know the same people, the same corporations, the same companies. Can you talk a little bit about why you got into radio and how that has just evolved into where it is today? And I, and I know that's a, a big question. Well, the first thing is we always used to say in radio there are 12 people and thir- excuse me, 13 people and 12 jobs. So somebody that you know was always out of a job. And because of that, we became kind of this fraternity and sorority, if you will, of always trying to help your friends find their next gig, as we call it. So the, uh, we do all know a lot of the same people. We do all know a lot of the same companies. Uh, you know, the, the, it's, it really is a small fraternal kind of business. So. And it's changed a lot over the last few years because in 1996, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, deregulated the industry. And so a lot of the smaller station groups were acquired by big station groups. The industry consolidated. And as a result, there's a lot of on-air folks who, in the course of one day, may appear on five or six different radio stations in different markets. So it's 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 a, a rapidly changing industry because of the technology, but also because consolidation of the industry changed the competitive nature. So I think, and, and I'm certainly guilty of this, I think a lot of people look and go, well, how hard is it? And you go in, you talk on a microphone, you're not doing any heavy lifting. And there's so many things I never realized about radio until you had taught us uh, where we're from in New York, the, they start with K out here. They start with w, or, or K out here and W back there. Or I would watch them. I think it's called Hitting the Post. They would talk just up until the lyrics started. And there was always an mm-hmm. art to me. But the behind the scenes and the sales and the commercial, the inner workings of a radio station and a radio show are tremendous. Can you talk about the work that goes on that people who are listening may never know? Well, first of all, radio is a revenue-driven business. you know, And so the on-air talent... Um, does a really good job at driving what we call ratings. And ratings drive demand, and demand then increases price, and increasing price means more revenue to broadcast property. So you start with the artists, the on-air folks, who have to learn, they have to, in their mind's eye, be talking to a listener they can't see. And, and, and the best on-air talent that you ever listen to has a mental image of who they're talking to. And so even though they're alone and standing in front of a microphone, they're really talking to someone. Um, starting with that art form, and, and uh, then that translates into a sales side of the business, a scheduling and understanding how to use the radio station so it's effective because the worst thing that ever happens to you in radio is – um, a client, potential client said, I tried radio before, it doesn't work. 
And that typically happens because the wrong advertiser is on the wrong station or they don't have enough of what we call frequency, enough frequency of message to make it work. So it's a very – actually a very technic, uh, technically driven business. Um, and yeah, the, the listener uh, turns it on in the morning to be entertained – but the truth of the matter is that there's a lot of forethought and show prep and a lot of elements that really make radio work. For those who listen to, to 92.3, I, I have to say that the people, so Jamie West, Jim Sharp, uh, Gatos, Chad, Broomhead, I mean, these these folks are their friends, but they're so dedicated to their craft. The changes that they've seen over the years, the, the changes that you've seen over the years are amazing. I think that most of us who are our, our age – I uh, listen to the radio on the way to work, maybe watch TV at work, and both mediums have changed tremendously. Now you've got satellite radio, you've got streaming TV services. How in the world do you keep up with those changes, those technological advances, yet still retain the personalities that go behind the scenes that, that make that all work? How do you do that? Okay, let's differentiate between, let's call something a delivery system. And radio can certainly be a delivery system, but in its best use, uh, radio personalities develop a relationship with their listeners. And commonly when you get into focus groups, you will have people say, oh, I listened to so-and-so. He's a friend of mine. And they've never met that person or she's a friend of mine. So – and there's no emotional bond to a delivery system. So as you listen to um, Satellite, for example, the music intensive formats where they don't do active morning shows – it's only a delivery system, uh, and and then and you see in in morning drive and in smaller markets where they where they've maintained localness, uh, radio is is still a very healthy medium. Uh, so, yes, there are a lot of new delivery systems, but radio's great advantage is personalities developing relationships with listeners, and that's why when you go out on on promotional events or remotes or whatever to meet the listeners, that's a critical element of local radio still. And it will it, it will be. And the stations that that stop that will erode very quickly. You raise an interesting point. So if I'm running a, a, a satellite radio system, I don't have the ability to talk about local things that are important. We're not doing traffic and we're not talking about sales at stores. So does it then become imperative? Do I have to bring in a name that's recognizable so people can relate to that person or does it really not matter as long as they're good at making that listener feel engaged? Well, you know, it's interesting because on the way over here, we were talking about a format change uh, back in the market that I live in, which is Rochester, New York. And they, um, they're they doing a syndicated morning show. But um, but in the syndicated morning show, there's there's a place for local personalities to drop, uh, drop in and say – and listen uh, – Country 100.5 wants to say hi to everybody in Henrietta and Pittsburgh. And so, you know, that kind of localness uh, is being designed into even these, even these formats that, um, that are for national distribution. So, you know, local is better. Local is better without question. The more local you are, the safer you are. And you see, um, you know, certainly Phoenix is a big healthy market, but you go into smaller markets – and you see that the radio stations are more and more local in those markets, and that's the reason they're still around. The, the power – now, look, I am not going to lie. I recognize what we do here pales in comparison to the large weekday morning shows. I, I get it. I never pretend to be something I'm not. 
But I am always impressed with the folks who reach out and say, hey, I heard this guest and either I knew them or knew of them and here's how it impacted me. Radio impacts people. And I know that sometimes people look at radio as eh, maybe not the predominant uh, medium, especially with streaming. Do you ever look back at your career before we talk about where you are? Do you ever look back and say, wow, I impacted a lot of people's lives? Even if I'm not the on-air person, we made a difference. You must be proud of your career. Um, you know, I was blessed and had a great run, you know, and, and we, we built some extremely successful radio stations. But the, the, the reason that happened was because there were a bunch of people like Ed who love radio, and we all worked together, everybody understanding what ore they had to pull on. Um, and the thing that's been great for radio is it's a team sport. And so the um, – but, yeah, do I, I, I love the fact that one of the radio stations we own, WHAM Radio uh, 50 Clear in Rochester, New York, a Clear Channel 50,000-watt station, became one of the dominant news talk stations by share in the country. Uh, also in Northeast Ohio, we had one of the most successful country stations in America – uh, we also had one of the most successful, what we then called adult contemporary stations in America. And in fact, when Howard Stern started his, uh, at, before he was on Sirius, uh, we negotiated Jackie the Joke Man, who was on the show's last contract with the Stern Show from my office. So, I mean, we, we had a great run and great opportunity. And it's been, we, we were, I think, the third station in the country in WHAM in Rochester, New York, to put Rush Limbaugh on the air. Wherever I go through the country uh, and I meet folks in law enforcement, it takes about five seconds and then people start talking work and the experiences they share are the same. The names might be different, but you can easily relate. And that's what I watched with you and Ed. Ed's been in the business for 25 years, um, but he's always comes in and he just he just appears like he's incredibly glad to be here. But you guys were able to easily connect. You knew some of the same people, names, locations, stations. Is that kind of how it is in the industry, no matter where you go? Thirteen people, twelve jobs. So the the you know the yeah that's that's um, and or you know there are people that you worked with and they worked with the same people. It just it it is it's actually a small industry. So um, last week or ten days ago, a morning man from Rochester, New York, whose on air name is Brother Weez, was put in the National Radio Hall of Fame. Um, some years ago, one of my partners, Bud Wertheimer, was put in the New York State Broadcasters Hall of Fame. You, you, but honestly, it is impossible not to know people in the industry regardless of where you go. It's just impossible. I, I know the minutes are closing in, but you're doing something now that is, is pretty cool. You're doing uh, – and I don't know if we call it political consulting or crisis communications management. Can you talk a little bit about when people turn on TV – something bad has happened and a public official is speaking. There's an art and a science behind that. Can you talk just about general principles that go into the preparation of that? Yeah, I, I um, so it started, I, I've been involved in over 200 elections, primarily in New York State. And because you work with elected officials, um, a lot of times there's a problem. And so I started doing a lot of Sadly, a lot of what we call crisis communication. And and there are some very definite rules that you have to insist the elected official go through, the first of which is um, complete candor. They have to introduce all the issues. They have to put them on the table. Secondly, they, they have to document what they're saying, you know, by and I call it a document dump. You know, this is what we got. Um, the third thing is if they have to apologize to someone, I have them apologize immediately. 
And then the fourth is if there have to be some changes that have to be made to avoid it happening again, I have them outlined what those changes are. And then I also insist if we're in a press conference that they take every question, that they don't try to you, – you can't spin. You know, people use that term a lot. You can't spin in today's environment. What you do is you can manage the perception, but you have to be seen as the news people of a market as being honest and forthright. Uh, because left to their own device, they'll get the story wrong. So what we got to do is we, we've got to completely be forthcoming. And um, uh, integrity is everything when you're doing crisis communication. But the reality is you can't say everything. So there's certain things, whether it be an ongoing investigation or something that's just in process, or maybe there's a legal issue. How do you cover that? How do you cover that and look like you're not avoiding the question. You say there are some things that I can't say. Here's why. Here's when I'm going to give you the information. So essentially, you're you're reaching an agreement with whoever you're working with as to when you're going to give them the information. I recently did did one in Rochester, New York that involved a, a death in custody of, of uh, somebody and um, and they had not dumped all the documents. And so that was one of the first things that we had to do. But But I can tell you that honesty is the critical element in crisis communications. Uh, you don't spin people. You know what you do is you manage the information uh, as best you can. As you're talking, I look over. I see Ed nodding. He's lived. He's lived similar circles and experiences and seen that over the years. So it, it validates everything you're saying. So I know you didn't come in for the show. You're in town anyway. So thank you for making the the trip out here. Last question: When you look back on your life. What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be best remembered as? Personally, professionally, how do you want to be remembered? Uh, I've, I've said um, I've said from the get-go with you that um, uh, you're defined by your children. You know, that uh, people are defined by the children. Parents are defined by the children they leave behind. That's how I want to be remembered. Normally, I would make a smart comeback, but that was actually incredibly nice. So thank you for being here. And uh, normally, I thank the guests for the time, but thank you, Dad. Uh, thank you for joining me and talking about your, your life, your legacy, and something that's been important to our family. Thank you to Bonneville. Thank you to KTR. Thank you for this time. And thank you, the listening audience. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.